Hello, and welcome to another CMO Convo, the CMO Alliance podcast where we tackle the big issues facing CMOs and top-level marketers through some hearty conversation. Today, Daniel Fronen, CMO of Upkeep, is sharing his expertise on one of the big issues facing many CMOs, developing growth strategies. Hi, Dan. How are you doing today? Doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, thank you for being here, and thank you for being on um, CMO Convo. Uh, it's going to be a very, very useful conversation to our audience because a lot of our a lot of our audience are startup CMOs like yourself, and growth is always on their minds. It's the it's the big topic when it comes to to startup CMOs. I find. Um, but before we get down to that, maybe you want to um, introduce yourself uh, to our audience. Tell us a bit about your background and and your current role as a CMO. Sure. So name's Dan Fronin. Uh, currently, I'm CMO over at Upkeep. They are a uh, computerized maintenance management software, also uh, asset management software. Um, so we really, you know, do a lot of business in manufacturing, um, some healthcare, uh, some uh, some agriculture, uh, as well as oil and gas. And you know, my background is is kind of unique for SaaS. Um, a lot of people. Are kind of born and raised at tech companies and work their way up. I, I actually started in the music industry. Um, thought I was gonna, you know, get into artist management or be an A and R guy. And what happened is I actually went into music publishing for ten years and um, developed a passion for technology, and then found my way into tech and have been doing that ever since. So um, yeah, super excited to be uh, in tech. I think it's an amazing time for all of us um, with so much data and you know, smaller uh, amounts of time that people are actually taking in their buying cycle now. So yeah, the sky's the limit for all of us. Awesome. Awesome. So with that, with that, it's quite a unique background uh, coming from the music industry into, into tech. Has that given you a certain philosophy in how you approach marketing in the tech world? Um, is it something you think is unique compared to other CMOs? Um, you know, my maybe, maybe it's a little unique. I mean, my philosophy has always been... Um, really oriented on two things. One is connection with your audience. So, you know, how, how can you get emotionally connected? It's not just about knowing who they are and developing some messaging and scoring a demo and closing one something. It's actually, you know, truly connecting with them and, and having that, that uh, deeper level relationship where you become the trusted advisor and the brand of choice. Right. Um, and then I think the second one is, um, it's it's really around executing on marketing programs. Like in in publishing, they have a saying that uh, it, you publish or you die, right? Like you always have to have new content, and that was just instilled into me. Is um, everything is production and how fast you move, and it's it's really those two things: deep connections and moving extremely quickly. Uh, have been my core philosophies in marketing. It's interesting talking about the the pu- always be publishing kind of thing because that that is kind of how how marketing is working now that with the big switch to, to content driven marketing. Um, yeah. I, I always think of um, uh, the, 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 the phrase, uh, everything is copy. No, everything is content when it comes to marketing. And that's, yeah. that's kind of like the, the foundational principle for a lot of, a lot of businesses. Um, but so you've been CMO for quite a few startups in the tech world, um, which makes you great person to speak to when it comes to about growth. Um, why is, growth marketing so important to early stage companies? It seems like an obvious answer that they need to grow, but why is it important to have a specific growth marketing strategy rather than just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what fits? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a great question. And I think fundamentally the reason that it's important, and you said the keyword strategy and strategic, 
is because you can just walk into a business with a preconceived notion and say, oh, well, you know, paid digital worked for me at my last company. So let's go hard on this. But um, that could be the wrong channel. And you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars proving that it's the wrong channel. So, you know, depending on the stage of the company, especially a startup, you, you should actually be approaching it as, um, you know, how can I help this business find uh, product market fit, product solution fit, and um, create successful customers? And the early expectation, unless you've already proven that, should not be to do that at scale. It should be a series of experiments to get to what you believe that ideal customer is or what that ideal solution fit is. And then once you have that success um, there with some validated customers that you feel um, are the right fit and there's enough of them, then you can start to work backwards and like, okay, how did we get these in the first place? Um, And then start doing the research. Where do these people hang out? Like, are they, are they actively looking at certain keywords that you could go drive from a digital standpoint are they hanging out in communities? Could we build a community of our own to start attracting them? And then you start to build the growth engine based on that. Um, but the big thing is you've, you've got to start methodically and you've got to start uh, slow. Do, do you think we could maybe talk about what, the, what that start looks like? You, you talked about identifying the, the main like buyer personas and stuff like that. Is, that. is that step one when it comes to growth marketing strategies? Is that what all CMOs should be doing when they step into a, a role that requires growth marketing? I, I, yeah, I'm a firm believer that if you don't know your ICP um, and have some sort of premise, whether that's from an industry standpoint, whether that's from a persona standpoint, then then you really don't have any foundation. Um, so I, I definitely think that that is the place to start. And um, you know, whether you're walking into a you know an early stage startup, a growth stage, or a mature um, startup, you should always run that exercise um, to make sure and validate. Um, I think it's, it's critical. Um, and it doesn't mean that it has to be this, this long exercise that's going to take six months. Like if you, if there's things there that are working, run the data, make sure that there's an acceptable win rate, make sure that there's an acceptable net retention. And if that's the case by persona or industry, then validate it and make it part of your strategy. Um, if it's not, then start to ask questions of why that is. And, is it, is it them? Is it the company? Is it the product? Is it the customer success methodology, the support? And, um, you know, make sure that, that you're approaching the problem in the right way. So, so even the stuff that's working, you advise testing it at least at, at like a, a basic level. Like Absolutely. you're not going to accept anything as gospel. Like if they say they've got buyer personas already, would you advise going in and taking a look at them, developing your own buyer personas? At least, at least going in and, and understanding them and validating them. I think um, any CMO that comes in needs to do that validation exercise because you ultimately you own the results uh, of the marketing function. And that um, we, as I think all of us know in marketing, a lot of your current results are from um, past projects. And um, if you're if part of the growth of the company is predicated on stuff that happened before your tenure, validate it and make sure that it's actually something that you want to scale with and then it's actually something you agree with uh it's critical in my opinion so you see you see a lot of cmos particularly in the start world pitching themselves as growth hackers as growth cmos does this mean that they are only focused on growth are they the only strategies they're working on or is there other other strategies that are important to start up um, startup stage companies 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's interesting because typically in the past, what you've seen is kind of this delineation between like a, a demand gen focused um, CMO or a product marketing focused CMO. And I I think when I when I think about growth, I I think it's actually um, taking both disciplines and uh, putting them together. Quite frankly, so you know you are thinking about messaging, positioning, um, your ICP, your your segmentation, and you're also thinking about demand gen tactics that that fall into that growth category. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think it's important for a CMO to know how to do all of it. I, I have this concept of um, what I call an acceptable minimum within your career. And it's, um, you can have your superpowers, but as you take on more and more responsibility, you have to have an acceptable minimum in every discipline that you oversee. Uh, otherwise you can't oversee it. You won't, you won't um, be able to guide it. You won't be able to have the, um, the authority when you hire people to, to run that, um, with you. Uh, so it's, it's really important to be, you know, focused on, on an acceptable minimum for the entire marketing mix. So this is a bit like a jack of all trades, master of some kind of yep. thing when it comes yep. to being a CMO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is the role of a CMO in driving growth? Like what, what do they have to do to drive growth? Like what, why is CMOs important to that, that role? Why can't, why can't startups grow without a CMO basically? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question and you know, some try, right. I, I've um, been in multiple companies and seen multiple companies that, you know, kind of either put marketing on the back burner or, the CEO handles it directly and scales it with contractors, or they put it under like a sales leader and call it like a revenue organ. Um, I think ultimately the power in marketing is that you have the dedicated person that's actually thinking about the customer's voice and how to translate that into um, your brand's voice and, and make it so that your brand is basically speaking to exactly what your customer is either looking for or is already seeing success in within your product. And, um, that's a, that's a specialty that, that, um, takes a lot of time to perfect. And it's not something that you can fake as a company. And, you know, what I've, what I've seen some of the best companies in SaaS and just in the world in general have, have mastered that and, um, have that as one of their core, tenants and it, and it helps them break out from the pack. It's, it's what makes them market leaders. It's, it's interesting when you mentioned the, the speaking, uh, getting, getting into the mindset of the customer is an important role. Is it part of being a growth CMO also communicating that voice of the customer back to the rest of the company in terms of development? Like, do you, do you feel like a good CMO has a relationship with product development, a relationship with the, the CTO in terms of like how, how the company develops, how the company develops its products. Like, is that a good function for a CMO? Or should they be purely focused on external matters? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that a CMO's core responsibility is obviously driving um, brand and demand and revenue for a company. And that's external, right? Um, as well as internal alignment with the teams. But then from an internal alignment standpoint, um, the CMO is really one of the, the central figures in your go-to-market. Um, so that relationship with the exec team, the CRO, the uh, CEO, the CFO, driving what that business strategy is and how you're going to you know, hit those revenue goals. And then a seat at the table with your chief product officer talking about um, what the market conditions are, what we're hearing from the customers directly, 
what analysts may be saying, what we're picking up from win loss, whatever it is, and, and making sure that there's a great relationships there so that you can hand that data over to them and they can trust it and use it as part of their, their guidance for, you know, building the best product and experience possible. It sounds like it relies on some good relationships with internal stakeholders in that respect. And a conversation that comes up a lot of times when it comes to CMOs is the difficulty of getting buy-in on certain strategies. Um, in your experience, what is the best method to get the right buy-in from internal stakeholders for growth strategies, for any kind of strategies, in fact, um, that might not necessarily have obvious benefits to say the head of product or the head of, um, or the head of sales or something like that. Yeah. I, I always tie it back to pipeline and revenue, right. And, and, and show that this will contribute to pipeline and ultimately revenue in these ways. And then secondarily, I'll actually pull data from our past experiences like SEO, for example, right. Um, you, you may see that SEO has done well for the business, but maybe there was a change in leadership and no one was paying attention and it's either flatlined or it's starting to decline. You can easily pull that data. You can show it to your exec team and say, Hey, um, you know, we're, we're trying to double our revenue next year. Um, but our SEO footprint, uh, was really, really great. And then it started to tank. So we're going to have to invest X amount of dollars to keep up with that growth. So I think, you know, having, having a data-driven conversation is uh, pretty critical. I think anything where, you know, maybe it's new and you want to put some chips on the table and, um, you know, make a big splash as an experiment. I think it's, you know, can you find other companies that have done that in the past and tie it back to their success as like a use case? Um, or can you, um, can you come up with a really good experiment plan that shows, you know, why you believe this is something that you want to do and here's what you think the intended outcomes are. And this is how I'm going to report it back to you. I think if you can um, come in with that level of accountability and, um, you know, not saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not spending money for the sake of it. I'm actually investing to eventually find another way to invest and grow is the way to go. Yeah, you mentioned being um, data driven and as being a, a very important thing, which uh, it clearly is like all marketing's data driven when you get right down to it. But what what's what's the important data when it comes to growth? And maybe once we've identified some like the key data points, some actionable ideas that can help shift the needle when it comes to those those data points would be yeah. useful for our audience. Yeah. So I think it, I think it depends obviously on like what segment of the market, whether you're SMB mid-market enterprise. Um, but by and large, I think some of the metrics that matter the most are the ones that, that tend to get glossed over. And I, and I like to put metrics into different buckets for which teams need to, to care about it. Right. And if I start like at the tactical level with the marketing team, with marketing ops, with SDRs and BDRs, it's really the conversion rate within the funnel. And understanding, um, you know, just because I'm driving this much inbound interest or outbound interest does not mean uh, a thing unless I'm getting acceptable conversion rates from that lead over to a sales opportunity, right? So, and and understanding that by channel, um, you you know, you can easily get um, lost in a a metric that just looks at all the data at an aggregate level but where you can really start to refine and then take your dollars and actually double down dollars or people time, quite frankly, start to double down on the right channels and get those conversion rates going really high. 
Um, I then think that there's the kind of middle layer of metrics, which is really, you know, for for sales, marketing, customer success to be looking at as a leadership team, which is those win rates within different segments. It's, um, you know, pipeline attainment to goal, uh, making sure that you're filling the funnel. And then um, ultimately your customer satisfaction and your, your gross and net retention. And then uh, at the, at the C level, uh, it's a combination of, of two things. I, I don't like to get into boiler room metrics at the C level. It's not a good use of time. Um, I think it's, it's more around CAC. So what is it costing us to acquire customers? And then um, some of the metrics that, that we look at at like a kind of revenue leadership level, which is um, what are our win rates? Are we hitting those, those revenue goals? And then what's our, our net and gross retention? Um, and then, you know, I think if you're holistically looking at it in those ways, um, you're in a good, you're in a good place. Is it, is it important to make other people aware of those metrics that you're looking at? Uh, like who need, who needs to know these different, these me- different metrics and these different data points that you're, you're paying attention to? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely important to, to make it known. I think part of like what, what I, um, truly believe in at any company is a set of aligned goals across the company, whether that's an OKR, an MBO, whatever it is, right? Um, and actually having those metrics show through in uh, those OKRs, you know? And and then when they trickle down into your team, making sure that, you know, if one person on the team needs to be carrying a few levels deeper than what we want the company to care about, then make sure that that shows up as well. And that that's in a reporting framework and that that's in some sort of methodology and how um, you know, you're, you're running a scorecard against your marketing efforts. Interesting. Interesting. So is it possible to have a growth playbook? Like you hear, you hear about this, this phrase from time to time. And we talked a bit about the different metrics you need to pay attention to. Is it possible to have a playbook that works to shift the needle on every single data point? Or is, is it just a case by case basis? Like, are we, are we, are we kidding ourselves that we can say like, this is a guaranteed growth strategy or is it yeah yeah what, I, what is the deal yeah it's it's interesting i mean um i so i don't believe in playbooks i believe in plays and i think every company has a unique playbook based on their brand who works in their business and the markets that they serve and i i think that you you can and should strive to compile a playbook but um to walk in with a ready made playbook that just says like, Hey, I'm going to run this playbook. It's worked at five different companies is, um, you know, I, I don't think it's the right strategy. I think too many things are shifting, um, pretty regularly. Um, I think COVID pretty much blew up most playbooks (laughs) quite frankly. Um, but, but I do think it's a ultimate goal is to, you know, look at what traditionally is in a playbook and validate kind of goes back to that validation exercise, right? You know, what, what channels work here, what investment levels needed, um, markets we're serving, where am I actually going to put my, my growth dollars, um, to, to make this happen. And, you know, I think thinking about this from, you know, earlier stage, when you're first coming in, some of the things that are actually forgotten in this growth playbook is everyone wants to get right to the tactics. Right. And, um, a lot of times people are thinking of the tactics being marketing tactics, but there's a product conversation to be having. Like if you're a product led company, um, make sure you're getting yourself a seat at that table to make sure that you're understanding that product experience and how that's iterating. And then, um, 
something that I, I think a lot of companies gloss over is um, how operationally sound is um, your marketing ops, rev ops, um, and customer journey. Um, cause those will have a massive impact on your growth implications. And, um, sometimes you gloss right over it. So who, what, what was the starting conversation to make those, those changes uh, and to look at those kinds of ops? Like who, who do you speak to? Who, whose role is it to make changes in that, to, to help improve, say your, your revenue ops or something like that? Cause that doesn't yeah. sound like it's the job of a CMO to me, but. Yeah. You're the expert. Yeah. yeah, no. And I think it, 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 it kind of comes back down to like, what kind of CMO are you, right? Like, are you super product marketing focused? Are you demand gen focused? Do you, do you oversee SDR, BDR? Do you, do you not, but have a seat at that table for fueling them? Um, so I, I think ultimately uh, a, a CMO needs to care about the marketing stack um, and to make sure that what is going into the database is um, is being treated uh, appropriately because at the end of the day, kind of go back to what the CMO is responsible for in the business, and it's the voice of the customer. It's that customer journey. They truly are welcoming a prospect in for the very first time through that experience, and then shepherding them into the sales process and then customer marketing lifecycle. So the operations piece actually matters quite a bit. Um, and um, shouldn't be neglected because it's, you know, as we're moving to more and more kind of automated, uh, automated plays and, um, you know, frictionless cycles, um, you want to make sure that there's not some friction that you're not aware of that could be tanking um, some of that customer experience. Do, do you need to be aware of every single component of like a marketing stack? No, no I'm shaking your head harder. No, I don't think it's like it's not every single component. It's it's really just making sure that like the core is in place, and then you know leave it to the professionals to run their business right on the on the rev ops and marketing ops side. Um, but a you know a good at least in my opinion a good CMO that does need to focus on growth is going to again go in and validate that, make sure that if there's anything that needs to be there that's not there that. That they're uh, that that they have that support from the CMO to go and get it, because um, I think you know one of the things that that every CMO needs is data and lots of it to make informed decisions, and um, that's you know that's what a, a tech stack does is it it actually flows the data correctly, gives you the insights you need to run the business as effectively as possible. Excellent. So maybe to maybe it's a little hypocritical hypocritical of me to say this now but we talked about how no, there's no such thing as like a, a growth playbook but it's always worth it looking at examples of what other people are doing to get inspiration who are some cmos or some brands that have got really good growth strategies recently like yeah. who who should who who should we be paying attention to when it comes yeah, to so looking growth strategies there's two that i've just been following um the first is clickup um they're based down in san diego they they're in that space where typically you see Asana um, and 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 other companies like that, and they they kind of came out of nowhere. I think they were, you know, really refining their product and um, doing their thing, and then all of a sudden decided like, okay, our product's ready um, to go like big, far and wide, and they raised a massive amount of money to do that. And um, their approach has just been incredible. I see them everywhere. Um, their website really tells a cool story of, um, you know, what you can achieve there, but why 
why them over anything else? And they really lean in with just come in and try the product. And then, um, you know, when you're, when you're ready to upgrade, we'll upgrade you. So it's very, very frictionless. And, um, they've taken it to the next level. I've, I've been driving over the Bay bridge and seen out of home advertising from them. And they're really just, they're really going aggressive in a very frictionless way. Um, in a very, in a very quick way too, which is incredible. And then I think the the brand that we probably hear a, a lot about is, is gong. And, um, you know, just, I think what I love about that brand is, is two things. One is their dedication to the category of revenue intelligence. Um, the fact that, um, you know, their, their gong event is not about gong. It's about revenue intelligence. And I just actually who heard, uh, Udi talking about the fact that they deliberately designed the conference experience around that very thing. So it's not about them. And then I think the most impressive thing with their brand is that they've, they've let it be a slow burn and um, they haven't changed up the brand very much. They've, you know, iterated on it, but you know, the, the, the imagery, the dog that they have um, and then like their connection to their audience and, and how they, they speak is very, it's very authentic and it's been there for a while. And it, it makes you from a, you know, from my standpoint, it makes you feel like, Oh, I know gong and they're, they're, they're a very stable part of my life and they're not changing or going anywhere, which, you know, I think in a category like that, where it's pretty competitive and they're clearly dominating, they've, they've done a good job of just being, being there. And um, it's, it's a, it's been a great strategy for them. They built an incredibly strong brand gong like you know straight away when you're looking at like a gong ad or when you, when you're on any part of their site like you know exactly yep. what the voice is is that important when it comes to growth to have that sort of like strong foundational brand or can you grow or can you build a brand alongside growth marketing like can you do both at the same time or is it one then the other i think you can i think you can build it while you're growing um but i do think that a cmo needs to pay very careful attention to make sure that they are working to stabilize the brand and make it uh, consistent and authentic in every single channel. And, um, you know, that it doesn't mean that you sacrifice growth for that to make it happen. It just means that as the brand is evolving and as you're figuring it out, that you're applying it everywhere versus kind of forgetting about it and making it look sloppy and disparate in, in different places. And I think the most important thing is make sure that, you know, there's, there's a big part of our brand that we tend to neglect. And that's actually every customer facing person in your company. They are like the brand ambassador for the company. They, they talk to more people in a day than any of us um, ever would. Um, and it's just critical for them to, to really personify the brand, be able to speak to it, um, be able to live up to it. Definitely. The definitely. It, it, there's no good having a good, no point in having like a good, tone of voice for your content or your social media if the people actually speaking aren't on target. Um, so I think when it comes to when it comes to growth and brand at the same time, what are the what are the stages? Like does does a does a brand have to evolve with growth? Like do you do you ever make any big changes to the brand when you hit certain growth stages or is it just a consistent slow burn with both of them? I see it as a slow burn. I think um, it's kind of interesting because when you when you're 
like in say you're in a series a company and and you look and go okay well all it seems like a lot of series a companies have a similarity where like i'll take their website homepage for example like they're they're almost validating like hey here's our product and here's exactly how it works right and then when you get to series b it's like okay people have learned about our category and our products so we're going to actually start talking about the value of it instead and then maybe c and d you know what they know the value it's all about kind of applying a consumer brand to this B2B brand because we want people to know and love us. And I, I think if CMOs can figure out the right balance of that early on and actually focus on the brand piece, focus on how much education you need for your audience to really understand what you do um, and, and counterbalance that and then start to scale it that way versus um, you know thinking that you have to be in this kind of preconceived like cycle of this is what you do at this time, I think is a, is a winning strategy. And I think, uh, when you look at where we are from just a technology proliferation standpoint, like companies are, are growing wildly now. Um, you know, what used unicorn used to be a big deal. And now it's like, Oh, you're just worth a billion dollars. Like, okay, let me know when you, when you're worth like three or 4 billion. Um, and, and people are buying software at a, at a faster clip. I mean, digital transformation is no longer a, a like, Oh, we'll get around to that. I mean, it's been forced. Right. And, um, everyone's focused on it. So I think it gives companies the opportunity to, to kind of skip some steps or, you know, make them a lot smaller and and focus on getting it right from the get-go i suppose it also means you've got to think about how how your your education your, your brand and your educational material fits in with other solutions that you integrate as well that you've got to be aware of like a much broader marketplace than yeah. than you might have had to do even just like 10 years ago like when you're before like the big digital transformation shift happened like people might have only heard of one like project management system, whereas now they're aware of four or five different ones at once, even even in less tech savvy companies kind of thing. Is that something that needs to be considered when it comes to, to your growth marketing, like your your competitors, your your um yeah, the the educational level of your of your audience as well? Like it's, it's you've got to be aware of so many different things beyond just your own business. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I think fundamentally to it's it's almost like a prerequisite before you even start your growth strategy is you know what are you in the market are you are you higher priced better feature functionality more robust roadmap and bigger like vision or are you the low cost alternative to some bigger market players that maybe are slowing down in their product development and might be like a 1.0 of what you're going to 2.0 and beyond and i think those are those are kind of key things that you need to understand um, and how you position against your competitors um, to, to ultimately drive what is your call to action in your growth marketing. And then I think a good point that you bring up is then, you know, how are you educating the market appropriately based on, you know, what, what your role is in the market to get them to act the way that you want them to act? But of course, you, you, you want to be proactive with your marketing. You don't want to be reactive. Like, how do you find that balance to be proactive with your, with your growth marketing strategies rather than just reacting to what your competitors are doing? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I think it kind of, it goes back to like, what is your role in the market? Like if you're a late entrant and um, you see what all the issues are with the competitive landscape, 
then your growth strategy might be predicated on pointing that out and going after, you know, your, your competitors, customers and, <laughs> and saying like, Hey, did you know that, um, we have like 15, 20, 30 X, um, customers of competitor a, and they've all experienced the same thing. Are you experiencing that? Um, or, you know, if you're leading the market and you're leaving everyone behind, then, you know, you could be setting the narrative in the market. You could be, um, saying like, this is what X, Y, Z platform does. And, um, this is what the future of this category looks like. And then start setting the thought leadership there. And those are, you know, two very different strategies, but they're also very, they're viable. And quite frankly, I think you can do both, um, like if you are a, a late entrant or, you know, seeing a competitive play that you could run, you could be doing that while also setting the tone for what the market is and, um, and how companies are solutioning for it. And of course, you've got to be aware of how your own growth, if, you, if you're a late entrant, you suddenly becomes the market leader. It doesn't make sense for you to market as the scrappy upstart anymore. Exactly. Or if, you're, if you're falling behind and you're still trying to position yourself as like the number one um piece of SaaS in that category, then you're going to look foolish, aren't you? Like you've got to, you've got to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it kind of goes back to gong, but you know, they, they don't, they're not really kind of saying we're the number one, this or this, like they are in, in a bunch of categories, but it's more around like, what is the movement that they are helping to, to drive? And that's the revenue intelligence movement. Right. And I think the more you can connect to your audiences in terms of, you know, what, who is the enemy for our collective enemy. And that's maybe it's status quo, maybe it's pen and paper, maybe it's, you know, your systems aren't connected properly, whatever it is, like rally them around that movement um, to help solve that problem together. Do you mean your, your customers, you're identifying the shared enemy with your customers? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then if you, it's always that, that Sun Tzu quote when it comes to enemies, know your enemy, know yourself. So if you know what, what problem you're trying to solve, you know, yep. your identity is a company, you know, what your, your growth strategy should be based around that. Yep. Exactly. So on, on that note, Dan, I think probably best to, to wrap it up. It seems like a good note to, to end on, but before we do go, do you have like a golden rule when it comes to developing growth marketing strategies? Do you have a, a number one thing, single thing that you keep in mind when you're developing any kind of growth marketing? Absolutely. So I, it's the saying is start, start small to get big. Um, and you know, don't, don't just come in with a preconceived notion and throw everything at it. Um, you may have preconceived notions, but look at the unique, uh, identity of your company, what may already be working, um, validate it and, um, you know, progress it that way versus just going all in. Awesome. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much for your time. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be back soon with more CMO combos.